Welcome to the Vertifort Insurance Podcast, hosted by Rick Fox. Get ready for deep dive conversations into the insurance industry's most interesting and pressing subjects. Now sit back and enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. I'm the host, Rick Fox, and we are back insure ranting again. I know you love these. I'm joking. I hope you love these. And for those of you that have been tuned in for a while, first and foremost, thank you so much. It's just, again, so humbling as our community continues to grow and more and more people kind of, I bump into people at shows or I get a note on LinkedIn and people are always so gracious with their uh, their support and that they learn from some of our guests. I actually even had a couple of people say they learned something from one of the rants. So uh, we do appreciate all the support. Uh, if you have topics, I'd love to discuss them with you. Most of our most recent rants have been for me having multiple conversations with people about different things. And that will be our topic again today is something that I've been talking to agencies about, something that is front of mind for everybody. And that's the acquisition slash perpetuation model that's in place and how prevalent that is in our in our space. So if you look at it in these terms, 2021, big year, kind of coming out of some of the lockdown portion of the pandemic, still craziness, but there were over a thousand acquisitions in the United States in 2021. I mean, that number is insane. And we're tracking this year to, to exceed that number. So that's the conversation I have. So I thought, let, let's talk a little bit about that because I want to make sure that you, if you are in a leadership position, an agency principal or owner, that you're prepping yourself for what that looks like. If you work in an agency or have grand plans to be an agency owner, or maybe even be the agency owner that, of the agency that you are in right now, I want to kind of just paint, paint a picture of kind of my take on this. This is Rick's insure rant on the acquisition model, how you should be looking at that. So for me, there's kind of three paths. So let's just start with kind of the top level, which is what does this mean to you as an agency? Whether that's, again, if you're, especially if it's your baby, you're, you're the owner, but what if you're in a position of leadership and you're trying to figure out a way to get to ownership? So there's three ways. There's number one, big boys come in, feeding frenzy. You get offers from all over the place and you take the one that fits best or simply the one that gets you the most cash for this lifelong thing that you've been doing or however long you've been, you know, this has been part of your family, your day-to-day is running this agency. And you bring the, you bring in all the big fish, all the big boys that are out there looking for acquisitions. And I talk to all of them. I know they're all a little different, but the main ingredient of that big, big guy buying smaller agency and by smaller, I just mean smaller than them is cash is the, the earnout is the way that that kind of presents what, what do they present to you? So that's option one is the, you know, the, 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 Basically, I, I put my house on the market. I have nine offers. Which one do I take? That's the same thing with the agency. The second piece or the second option is 
someone in the agency and not not a family member, but like a, you know, some one of your leadership position people, if you have merged agencies, is it the principal from the other agency that wants to get into your seat? It's that their option of getting into a driver's seat, if they're, you know, let's say you're in your mid sixties, the, the agency that you acquired and, and partnered with the principal is in their forties, someone like that. That's the second option. Someone in the agency, not family. And then the third option, which is very viable. A lot of people do it is the perpetuation model, which is all right, junior time for you to take over. Dad or mom is, is, sailing off into the sunset and you're going to pay me handsomely over the next X amount of years, but you're my family. I want you to have the same kind of opportunities that I created, that I created for you as my child or my nephew or my sister's son, whatever that is, the perpetuation model is still very real. Where this thing starts to, those, those options become very clear is as you just start deciding Again, from, a, from an ownership perspective, you start deciding what's important to you. Is it a big cash payout? Well, that's not going to come from somebody in your agency, probably. It's definitely not coming from a perpetuation model. So what a lot of agencies end up doing is they get stuck in the feeding frenzy phase, the I put my house on the market and got nine offers. That's where they end up because they want the big payout. And they're rightly so. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to not only think about what that looks like if you're an owner, but I want you to think about what that looks like if you're in an agency and you're thinking about what that means to you, that if you're going to go up against one of the big boys from an internal position, can you write a giant check? No, you'd want to do some kind of a much larger earnout. And some of those owners, again, rightly so, want the big check. They want to say, whoa, okay, I just got way overpaid. And it's and I got this giant check and and an earnout or however it works, and and I'm say not now I'm not sailing off into the sunset I'm power yachting off into the sunset. So I want you to acknowledge that if you're in an agency and you're thinking about your you wanting to be next up, what have you created for that? Or I'm gonna put a pin in that because I'm gonna come back to it. So let's talk about the agency itself. You've all heard me say this in different ways, but I'm going to boilerplate it for you. What is important to like, think about it in these terms. If your business was a house, an investment home, an investment rental property that you owned, you would do what it took to maximize your ability to get the most for it when you went to sell it. You'd paint it. You'd maybe remodel the kitchen. You'd add a bedroom or a floor. You'd make sure like all of the little things that you would do to add value to this property is the same way you should be looking at your business. Regardless of any one of the three options, the big boys buy it, someone in the agency or perpetuation, whatever the model is, you need to be doing everything you can to make your agency worth the most, the most marketable that it can be for any one of those scenarios. And there's two areas that that's going where you're going to move the needle. It's your profitability on a yearly basis for the agency. And what does your technology look like? You've all heard me say this, but I'm serious. So let's start with the second one, the latter, the, the, the technology piece. I can tell you for a fact 
put agency A and agency B next to each other. And agency A is a thousand customers, X amount, you know, 20% profit, everything exactly the same as agency B, except agency B is using upgraded, more modern day technology. They're making more money with a little bit less total revenue because they've leveraged technology and they have a few less employees. So that doesn't make that agency a tiny bit more valuable. It makes it exponentially more valuable. So we're not talking about, oh, they made 5,000 more. No, I'm telling you right now that agencies, the big guys, option one of the, of the acquisition model, the feeding frenzy, you know what they want? They want to walk into an agency that's already profitable and already has a technology stack in place that makes the transition super seamless. And you know what makes agencies profitable? Efficiencies. You know how you get efficiencies? Technology. So if you aren't sitting around on a monthly, quarterly, yearly at worst kind of schedule and planning what you're doing to make this thing that you own, again, like a, like a rental property, investment property, make it as valuable as possible. You're doing yourself a disservice and you are underselling yourself for all of the work and time and energy that you put in. So think about that. Think about an agency, like your agency, whatever, you have 300 customers, you have 20,000 customers, whatever that number is, are you fully taking advantage of what needs to be done from an efficiency perspective? A lot of that's technology. Some of it is just the way you process things, best practices in the way your procedures are in your office. It is absolutely taking a plan into place and saying, okay, I have X amount of revenue with X amount of employees, which means my revenue per employee is this number. How does that number match up? Because if you go to the feeding frenzy phase and you are wildly overstaffed because you don't have technology in place, because you don't have process in place, because you haven't made a plan, and you're just saying, well, I got this agency with 3,000 customers that's worth a lot. It is. And the agency down the street that's made a plan, that's used technology, that's put processes in place, constantly measuring that plan is maybe worth twice as much as yours. I hate to say it. That's a fact. That feeding frenzy down the street is going to be off the chain. It is going to be a situation where that person is going to get overpaid by a lot because they set themselves up for success. Again, nobody buys a property that's an investment property and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do nothing. I'm not going to mow the lawn. I'm not going to put a fresh coat of paint on or maybe redo the hardwoods. Now you might sit on that property and just through the inflation and, and the economy, that property might be worth more. But we all know that buying a quote unquote, I'm putting my air quotes up, fixer upper and going and putting a little elbow grease in is how you make the money. Now put the elbow grease into your agency. And I don't care if you're sitting here listening to this, you're like, Rick, I'm not, I'm not even going to retire. I'm not even thinking about any of this for 12 years. Not, none of that needs to start any later than today or tomorrow. Making a plan because everything you'll be doing will not only make you more money now, but it sets you up to start creating that wealth at the end. So again, 
regardless of how you exit, make sure that you are looking at your profitability, looking at your technology, and within those things is what is my process? What is my what procedures do I have in place? Do I have best practices? And then really defining or measuring your revenue per employee and saying, you know what? According to the big eye, I am above average. You know what that means? My feeding frenzy is going to be crazy. And that's what you want. That's what I want for you. That's what everybody should want. Not only are you going to make more money, your staff's going to be happier, which what creates a better culture, which then does what creates more loyalty with your customers. Everybody wins. So really looking at how you're preparing yourself. And again, whether that's in a year or in 12 years, it's time today to start building that. All right. So we talked about the feeding frenzy. We talked about the big buyers. So let's talk about the, the second one, which was someone in the office today. It's whether that's a, a leadership position, one of your heavy duty producers, if you're listening in, whether it's someone who came over with another agency that might want to be around longer. It is really hard to get from that phase to the ownership phase of the agency because this feeding frenzy comes with a bunch of cash. So how do you fix that? Now, I'm going to give you one option. This is just an idea. And I want you to think about this. I've had this conversation with a few people. Everybody I've brought it up to, some have been like, nah, I don't think we would do that. Others have been like, that's very interesting. So think about insurance agencies and the way they're built. Ownership, leadership, producers, CSRs, marketing, whatever it is. And, and that's just a very normal business model. Now I want you to think about the way a, a law firm is set up. Law firm has managing partner, named partner, senior partner, junior partner, associates. And as soon as you get to partner, you have more skin in the game. Now, this is, this is going to be hard for those ownership people to think about and think, wait a minute, I'd be giving away some of my business at the beginning or, you know, 10 years in. Yes. But look at how the law firms work. You know, the, the, the firm of Jones, Smith, and Brown. Well, Jones, Smith, and Brown are the three main people, but there's another six senior partners that have a piece of that business. Now, I'm not saying this is right for all agencies, but it's a different model that gets those people, instead of the big boy coming in, feeding frenzy, you now have a, a smaller piece of the business. And the main person at the top can start to maybe work a little bit less, maybe stay on in the name sense and continue to get paid. So there's a different way to do it because when you're in, when you're in a law firm and you make partner, you put money into the firm, then you share in the profits. So what if all the way along, like let's say to your point, the person I mentioned earlier that was like, well, wait, Rick, I'm, I'm not selling for 12 years. Okay. What about if this year you got a check for, I'm making this up, half a million dollars from me because I want to be a partner. I want to be a, a junior partner. And then when I make senior partner, I write you another check and you do whatever you want along the way with those checks. But at the end, instead of 100%, maybe you have 40 to 50%. But along the way, you've picked up these big chunks and now you've got a bunch of people and maybe you do retire. and and the other senior partners buy you out of that. 
I'm not saying that it's the perfect model for everybody. And it's very easy to just kind of kick it aside. But please, I implore you to at least consider uh, that's just an alternative, but consider it. Think about the makeup of your firm, your agency. Could it be more like a law firm where the owner isn't just making his typical whatever percentage that he's making now, but he's making that plus he's bringing in that top producer who's now a partner. He's bringing in that loyal commercial lines manager that runs commercial lines for the agency that's been there for 20 years that's now a partner. Just another lens to look at it. I'm not even telling you it's the right lens. I'm telling you it's an alternative to the other way. And that's how you can offset the feeding frenzy. If you are an internal person, this is one idea. But if you're internal and you want to be, you want to seat at the table, look at it more like a law firm. Just at least, just look at that as an idea. Not again, make sure you're hearing me say, I don't, I'm not saying that's the right way for all agencies. I am not saying it is wrong for some agencies though. I'm saying it could be right. And then of course, there is also the third version, which we talked about, which is that perpetuation model, which is junior takes over. My sister's son wants to take over. He's been at the, he's been in the agency for four or five years. And you could do any version of what we've talked about. Wait till the very end and then hope that that person can raise the capital to offset what the feeding frenzy is going to look like. Or do we do this partner model thing that we're talking about where they, they kind of buy in over time and you get money all the way along the path? Just things to think about, whether you're in that ownership position or you're in that agency, because let me let me think of a good scenario. Number one producer, 40-person shop, and you've been that person for years. And all of a sudden, you find out that whoever owns the place is getting ready to sell it. And they're going to sell it for millions. Do you have millions? You probably don't. Can you go raise it? Like at a bank or you know credit union or something? Can you go get the money? Maybe not very easy. And the feeding frenzy is going to drive that price way up, which the bank is going to say, it's not worth that. I can't make it pencil. So starting to figure out how do you look at it? And again, all I'm looking at is the idea that you look at it through a different lens, have the conversations internally. It could be a non-starter in, in many, many agencies, but just giving yourself the idea. And that's the same thing in the perpetuation model. Unless your mother or father who is going to perpetuate the business to you is just super nice and is happy to hand over the keys, they're walking away from a big, big, big treasure chest of cash to perpetuate the business to you. So what is another, uh, you know, another option? Again, I gave you a law firm idea. There's others out there. Why I'm bringing this up is this is a topic that all agencies are talking about whether it's the, the level of the ownership, whether I've, I've been in a room with agencies recently that have been acquired. What does it look like after acquisition? Does that new owner change the, the way you do things? Do they change your technologies? Were you already in a good position and now you're like, I don't know what this is gonna be like. Those are all very important questions. Communication as it relates to all of these things, super important. Talk to people in your office. Make sure that everybody's sort of lining up in the right way. And I mean, lining up like on the same level, on the same page 
with what we're, what, what's going on in the agency. Cause that's how you create that environment where people are like, okay, well, we all know that uh, Susan is going to sell the place in four years. What do we do? What's our plan from now to then? And again, I would just say to, to look at this, whatever position you're at in the agency, this is an investment property that you're going to, it's a fixer upper and, and every agency can be better. So let's just assume your agency is not where it needs to be from a technology perspective. It's not where it needs to be from a planning perspective. It's not where it needs to be from a best practice perspective or a profitability perspective. Any one of those things could be where your agency is. Fixer upper time. I, I love this topic. I think this is such an important part of our business because the difference between, say, a captive agent and an independent is that captive has one buyer, the insurance carrier, and they will set the price. You have not only many, many buyers, but three different options that I've laid out here for you of ways that this could transact whenever the time comes. I love this topic. I think it's super important. It's what makes our agency business, the independent agent channel, so valuable, so exciting. When it's talked about in the larger scale, it's like, well, you know, so-and-so, they bought 400 agencies in the last three years. It's like, yeah, that's great. What about those 400 agencies? What did that look like for them? Could they have done better? How, how are their employees fitting in at the new environment? These are all the kind of conversations that we all need to be having. It's a big topic. It needs to be discussed. I wanted to rant about it. And I would love to continue that conversation with anybody that wants to reach out to me on LinkedIn, make sure we are connected, but especially send me a DM. You want to chat about it. You have a question. You have another topic for a rant or somebody that we should bring on the show as a guest. Please give me that information. I really think that we as a community now for the VIP have the ability to affect change and to impact the way people are able to succeed in this industry. I am so grateful for all of you that are part of this. I'm grateful for the people on my team that are so involved in this and helping every step of the way. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you go to vertifor.com, click on resources, find the podcast tab there and subscribe there to get even more connected to our community, please do that. I would really appreciate it. Keep listening in. And like I said, make sure that we're connected and that you have any ideas, questions, topics, guests, that you're giving me that information because that's how we keep going. And that's what fuels my fire to want to keep giving you as much information to hopefully help you grow your career, sunset your career, whatever it is that we can help with. That's what we're here to do. So again, thanks everybody for tuning in and we will see you next time. 